football media days has happened, and uh, although the football season is only or is still about two weeks away, welcome back everyone to another episode of the Michigan Rant. The Australian Nick Bumgarner and Ryan Sang of the Free Press. Uh, it's uh, July 22nd. Uh, fall camp will start August 2nd, so there's still Ryan about two weeks to go. Mm-hmm. However, annual media days were in Chicago. I was there. You were not. Uh, do you have any overarching thoughts on? Uh, proceedings. I would just say that I mostly stayed away from Twitter over the weekend. That's a good I just call. <laughs> hung, out, hung out with some friends. I hope you had a good time. I came time. back. I didn't really see too much. Obviously, yeah. nothing nothing happened. So yeah, there you go. Long. So we're going to talk about football today because that's what we want to do, and that's what everybody here wants to listen to. And there's a lot to talk about. So um, yeah, I mean, Big Ten Media Days obviously are usually for most coaches. Um, Excuse to brag about their team, of course, right? It's a, it's a, it's it's a hype situation for everybody. It's a feel good type thing for for most teams in, in terms of everything on the field. Um, we hadn't talked to Jim Harbaugh about football in, since spring, and so obviously they haven't had much by way of work to do with them. None really. It's all been workout stuff. However, um, there were some things that we discussed that were notable uh, that we'll get into today. And the first thing that everybody, I think, that turned heads. And we didn't get a lot of time to talk to him about it because uh, it was toward the end of his availability. And certain people wanted to ask about garbage that didn't matter uh, 35 different times. So we didn't get to talk much about it. But um, the quarterbacks, um, still obviously, you know, effusive in his praise for Shea Patterson and the growth he's had and everything else. But for the first time since, I, you know, that I can recall, I mean, he, he kept bringing up Dylan McCaffrey and he was asked straight up. Um, do you see a situation where you could, you play both these guys? And, and, you know, he reverted back to a question that I'd asked when I said, um, do you see a scenario defensively where you guys can be playing uh, three or four defensive ends at the same time? And he said yes. And he said, and I think that would maybe we'd redefine what a starter means. And he said the same thing for the quarterbacks. So he said, Jay Patterson, Dylan McCaffrey, as it sits today, his plan would be to play them in every game. And I don't think that meant necessarily to play them – to play one in mop-up time. Um, I don't think it meant to play them at the same time, like in the same play. I don't think that's what it meant. I think what he meant, and whether or not this holds up beyond a week and a half or two weeks or whatever, um, what he meant was is he wants Dylan McCaffrey to have a chance to play meaningful snaps of football because he thinks he can help their team. That was my read on it. I mean, as we sit today, that's very different. Mm -hmm. He's never done that before. But it's not something that should maybe catch us totally off guard because McCaffrey is pretty good. I mean, I, I don't know pretty how fast. else to land on it anymore yeah. that other than he could probably start for a good number. I tried to think about it the other day. From what we know of him, he'd at least have a chance with half the league. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Am I overstepping a little bit? No, uh, it's it's a weak year in terms yeah. of quarterback play. I don't know. I mean, what's your when you hear him say this? What's your original read on it? When I when I hear him say that, the first thing that jumps to my head is they have special packages for him, like like what they did with Joe Milton, you know, like yeah. a, like a package for Dylan. Which I'm not a huge fan of, but yeah, yeah. Go ahead. but like that's that's what it sounds like to me. Because otherwise, I, to me, I, I ruled out the type of thing where they're rotating every other series, or like no, one guy gets no, two series no. and then one guy gets another series. That's I didn't think about that. No. I don't think it's that. To me, it sounds like he's going to have some plays, some special packages. The way Joe Milton did against Wisconsin, yeah. and they, they went away from that towards the end of the year because they wanted to preserve his yeah. his four game, sure, red, yeah. his redshirt. But like I think McCaffrey is a type of athlete where I mean it's conceivable to want to get him out there. Yes, he's, he's the he's, fastest quarterback. Yeah, they have. He's, he's really fast. So I mean, um, 
Uh, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think in any scenario, if that ever happened, Jay Patterson would probably be taking 80% of the snaps or more yeah. as your starter. And then if it was a tight game, you know, and he was playing well uh, and feeling it. And that's the other thing to, to remember here. If he goes into camp, right, and just, like, kills it, then you There's say, no okay, well, we're just, why would we ever take this guy off the field if yeah. it turns into a situation where, yeah. you know, because that was my thought last year. He is the best quarterback you have by a million miles. Like, there's no reason to take him off the field. Why are you putting Joe Milton into the game? You're forcing these situations. I didn't like that because I thought taking Patterson off the field made no sense. Yeah. In general, like, I, I – in general, I think it's best practice to just ride with one guy. I do too. Even if they're somewhat close. Um, I, I think it, it could even hurt – both of the quarterbacks, if you if you if you do this type of thing where yeah. you're like you're you're summing one guy out, you're summing one guy in. Right. Um. I, I think it'd be best practice just to go with the hot hand. Yeah. And and start one guy every time. Well, um, yeah, yeah. I think everyone would. I think he would agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what's happened here possibly is that he's found himself in this. Harbaugh, this is mm-hmm. has found himself in a situation where he has a guy behind a guy mm-hmm. who is going to be very good, mm-hmm. and I think they know it, mm-hmm. and I think that. Maybe it takes some creativity, or maybe it takes something, but it's not even necessarily. And maybe it's part of it. Is, part of it is this: it is reminding him constantly that we really think highly of you, and maybe you're not going to be the starter this year because we have a senior. Mm-hmm. But my God, we need you to stay all in here and be the guy next year yeah. that takes this thing to where we want to go, and we have a great situation here. And I wouldn't read in, into that as like a slight of Joe Milton, but Joe Milton was third in the depth chart, so I mean, like mm-hmm. that's what it was. But I think that he sees a situation here. And maybe if he had to say it again, he'd say all three. But I think he sees a situation here where he's got another guy behind a starter who's very, very talented, mm-hmm. and it would be awkward to just make him sit all year and never play. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of different and weird. They went through that a little bit with uh, Denard Robinson and Devin Gardner here, and Devin ended up playing wide receiver for a year. But yeah. even before that, um, Brady Hoke, and this is a different scenario altogether, obviously, but there was a lot of times where it was like, they discuss, we've got to find a way to get this guy involved more than just stand on the sideline. You know, he's too talented to just not give anything to us. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge now, is you have to find a way yeah. how that works. That's that's another angle that I, I did think. When I, when I saw the quote, I thought about the current landscape of college football and quarterbacks, because right now, quarterbacks... Yeah, you got to recruit your roster. Yeah, they're, they're moving around yeah. at a rate unprecedented in terms of the history of college football. Like, yeah. like, if you look at every recruiting class, like if you look at a 2016 class, like... More than half of the top twenty quarterbacks yeah, that year transferred. You know they, yeah. they've all moved on, so it's it, it's yeah. tough. It's tough to have a guy who's really talented and and there's no really discernible playing time from the earn because yeah. you have an incumbent senior starter. So yeah, I, I get I get the desire to to want to get Dylan on the field because yeah. I mean you want to keep him. You want him here next year. So and it's very different because I mean I, they said this stuff when Wilton Spade and John O'Corn were here, but it's not the same no. thing. They said that stuff because. As we have the benefit of hindsight, uh, and they didn't even say it like that. They didn't say it like this. They said it in a way that, like, I think both could play, and they kept that very close to the vest. They didn't say that. That leaked out like very end of fall camp when he still hadn't named a starter, and um, that started to trickle down. But that wasn't necessarily this. That was them saying, "I don't know who I want to be the quarterback because no one has done what I think necess- You know what I think is necessary to win the job, mm-hmm. and." Um, that's not that's not this. That's not what this is. This is a, a different scenario uh, altogether. This is you have a senior uh, who's returning, um, who was very good last year. Everything else, but you also have a guy behind him who you can't 
you can't let just sit and rust all year necessarily, yeah. I guess. Obviously, you'd like to play him in, in mop-up time, mm -hmm. but if there are moments in games that, and I don't know how it would make sense, it just doesn't fit naturally, but if you, if you see something on tape against a certain team, but he said every game, he said a lot of stuff before that doesn't hold water, but I mean, he said it emphatically twice. Um, I don't think it's something that's irrelevant, but I also don't think it's something that's going to be like every other series. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they have a really good quarterback situation. Yeah. They have a really good quarterback situation. That's another reason why. I don't know if we did a podcast since I picked them to win the league. I don't think we have, have we? No. I picked Michigan to win the league last week. Yeah. yeah. So that's part of the reason that I picked them is all across the board. You look at everybody else in the conference. Who, whose quarterback situation is this stable? I mean, Justin Fields is a wild card because he could be amazing. But there's a lot of people down there... There's a few people down there, at least, that are like, I don't know yet about him. We don't know what he's going to be yet because yeah. he didn't have a great spring. And they're also... And it was kind of shaky, yeah. and they have no one behind him. They have Gunnar yeah. Hoke yeah. now. Or Hoke. Is that how you yeah. say his name? Gunnar Hoke? Kind of... They have that guy, yeah. the old Kentucky player. Yeah. Who's the Kentucky whatever. backup. The Kentucky backup. Yeah. And that's all they have left. Everybody else transferred. So, like, he had better work, right? Yeah. Um, there's so many things that, uh, that you get on the list on. Uh, and quarterbacks to me were, were toward the top. It's senior quarterback and Dylan McCaffrey and uh, Milton. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if if anybody watched the spring game here in the very little we saw, you probably saw three start, three quarterbacks that would compete for a starting spot at most Big Ten schools. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Did you pick anyone? Who would you pick? I know you didn't. You didn't get asked. I haven't, I haven't picked yet. Um, Who would I, you pick to win the league? Ohio State. You pick Ohio State. Yeah. Why think, would you pick Ohio State to win the league? I think they have the depth in the trenches. I think they have the best returning pass rusher yeah. I've probably seen. Um, I mean, I watch a lot of Big Ten football, right. but Chase Young, to me, is like, yeah. that's the guy. No, he is. Yeah. Um, they have all those four or five stars waiting in the wings. Um, so you're baking it on on talent uh, maturing. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm baking Because they are a pretty young team. Yeah. So and I, ne I would next year I would say they, are go they could be a monster. Yeah. So this I'm, year I'm not sold as much, but maybe yeah. you're saying yeah. So I'm, I'm banking on there's going to be a lot of improvement on defense because I'm banking on Halfley and, and okay. Madison to some extent are going to play an instrumental role in turning that thing around because it was a mess last year. I mean, you had, yeah, it wasn't good. You had a guy like Baron Browning who's like six three, two thirty, can run a four five. You had him in the middle of the defense. He doesn't. He has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Like, like they're going to use the uh, Viper thing. Yeah, they're going to use a Viper. Yeah. Um, they're going to start getting rid of the three plotting linebackers yeah. and the four. Uh, yeah. They have the athletes to just be really good on defense. And right. last year, to me, the thing that stuck out to me about Ohio State last year was that that was not a vintage Ohio State defense. You know, that was not like a lot. No, it seemed defense. like they didn't even have their best players on the field no, most no. of the time. Yeah. So, but, they, but they have they have guys. Um, yeah. I mean, they have on offense. I mean, they've got yeah. some guys returning on offensive line, a lobby, a couple guys waiting in the wings. They have like Josh Myers, who was a Todd recruit, White Davis. I would be with you, and I don't. You know, I, I mean, that's a perfectly valid, valid argument. I mean, mm -hmm. all the way through, I'd be with you if Urban Meyer was coach. Yeah. Um. My that's my hesitation. I mean, my hesitation with them is I have no idea. I mean, this is not Urban Meyer, mm -hmm. and Ryan Day seems like a well put together guy. He actually seemed much more comfortable um, in this setting than he did when I I went up there the day he got hired, mm -hmm. uh, and Urban Meyer quit or retired. Um, 
and he was awkward a little bit that day. It was, but part of that was because Urban Meyer was sitting next to him answering all his questions for him, which was a little weird. That, that seemed like a and it was very up. strange, yeah. and it was just awkward. And he seemed a little more comfortable yeah. in this. Like he's kind of seems like he spent some time trying to be himself. Yeah. That's fine. That's great. Well, because you said he was deferring to Urban that day. He was. He was still calling him coach yeah. and. Yeah. All the stuff that, you know, when that day ended, that was going to have to stop, right? Like, I'm pretty sure they left that meeting and Urban went back to the head coach's office because he was still the head coach until the end of the season. That wasn't even before the year had ended. So, uh, but anyway, I mean, yeah, he seemed more like a guy who's in charge of the program now, Mm -hmm. um, which you'd expect, and that's fine. It doesn't mean much necessarily, but um, he's not Urban Meyer, and uh, I don't care (laughs) what anyone says. I mean... Yeah. How many losses do they have in like the seven years or whatever? See, what nine? Yeah, you can count on two nine losses. Nine, yeah. And uh, and let me ask you this: How many times have we watched throughout a season? Uh, most of the time, they rip and tore right through people. Right, yeah. they blew people off the field. Yeah. But how many times did we watch Ohio State, whether it be against Michigan, whether a couple times against Michigan, whether it be against uh, Michigan State, uh, Penn State, um, even other teams in the league, narrowly? Wiggle off the hook. I mean, I feel like it happened like 15 times. Yeah. Games that were like, for a lot of other places, are losses. But they were wins for Ohio State because I thought Urban Meyer. He made the right decision every, it seemed like to me, especially in Big Ten play, he made the right decision every time. He had the best team every time. Yeah. But he also made the right decision. He made the right move. He kept that, he kept some guy in the right spot. And if it didn't work out, he yanked it, he stopped it. You know what I mean? Like all these little things that yeah. go on throughout the course of a game. I don't think there was ever a better – I've never seen a better game coach, in-game coach, up close. Mm-hmm. And I would say up close because we cover the Big Ten. I've never seen one better than him. I'm, I'm Saban's probably better, I would assume, right? Mm-hmm. I don't cover Nick Saban. It's but those two, yeah. That's it as far as I can tell. And, and he's not that. And mm-hmm. so I can't – so my, I pick Michigan in large part. I'm glad we got into this. I forgot that we didn't talk about this last week. In large part because I thought they had the fewest number of mysteries. Mm-hmm. I thought they had the, the most questions answered. Uh, not a lot. Not everything. But they have a quarterback. They have the, We know who the quarterback is. We know what the offensive line is. We know what the receivers are. I guess we don't know technically what the offense is, but we kind of do, I, I think. Um, and the defense, while it lost pieces... I thought it. Bro- I thought it. I, I think it'll be good enough. I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to just suddenly turn into garbage, you know, mm-hmm. overnight. That, that would be very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I landed on it. I don't know. I mean, when I texted you, uh, I think I'm going to pick Michigan to win the league. You you said in football? Question mark. <laughs> and then I said yes, and then I proceeded to go back and forth on it like 42 times. Yeah, you did. Yeah. But I didn't sway you. No, uh, my pick. you didn't sway me. Did I, did I make any sense you did, in what you I was did, saying? Yeah, you did make sense. That would yeah. uh, be my yeah. better question for you. If, if anything, my stance is probably the more irrational one because a big part of why I would pick Ohio State is also because I have, in, in my life, as like a like a human being who can comprehend what's going on in front of him on a TV screen, yeah. like in my life, I have yet to see like Michigan beat Ohio State in a meaningful game. Yeah. So it's like, until I see like that happen, part of me is just like, why, why would I pick against the grain? Like, why would I pick against Ohio State? It's just tough. Yeah. You know? And, and, and just based on the fact, like, in terms of natural talent, like, based on recruiting, like, classes that they brought in, in terms of natural talent, they're 
behind Alabama and Georgia. That's it. Yep. That's it. Anyone else in the country that can't compare in terms of right. like the number of four stars and five stars right. they have in the roster. And at some point, like I mean, like you you've read the stories, you've read like the studies. Yeah, yeah. Recruiting oh, yeah, rankings honestly. matter. Yeah, yeah. It, it matters. Yeah. Like if if Ryan Day was so, if yes. Ryan Day was adult and didn't know how to coach. Yeah. So here's, then, where I, here's, then, here's where I land on with this, and this is, and I agree with you 100. Mm-hmm. percent I think they're going to win the league, and I don't think they're going to go to the playoff. I think they're going to win the league, and uh-huh. I think they're going to be like 10 and two. Uh-huh. I think that you're, they're going to lose a non-conference game. They're going to lose a game to at Penn State, at Wisconsin. Uh-huh. I think they're going to beat Ohio State, and I think Ohio State's going to lose mm-hmm. two as well. So, so you two Big Ten games. So essentially, so they're going to lose to somebody else and Michigan. So no, no, it'll be like last year, right? And Michigan will get the last one. Uh-huh. If I had to pick it today as it sat, that's how I would. Because I, I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're good enough to win the Big Ten. I don't know if I'd call them a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They could be. But that's a tough schedule. The non-conference games are tough, but for the Big Ten, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's not a thing. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not a deal. So it's like, what do you, you, know, what do, you do? With that one, so I, I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't necessarily know if the, if the Big Ten has a playoff team, but I think that they they have enough to win the league. And if things break right against Army and Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and if you get, if you can avoid, because I mean at Penn State, Penn State's not as good as they've been. Well, but that's yeah, tough. It's also, a whiteout at Wisconsin. At Wisconsin, the Week Four is the one that stands out. You know, you know they're like, not what they used to be, but still. It's, no, but it's, it's tough, tough to play yeah. on the road. It's still early season. You People are still engaged. Game. Jonathan Taylor, you have to it'll stop. Be a nice him. day out. It'll be full there. You yeah. know the whole thing. Yeah. So. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, those are two I look at and say those are super difficult. They play Iowa too. Uh, Iowa at home, but that's the other part that I landed on. Okay, so you have Iowa at home, you have Michigan State at home, you have Notre Dame at home. Yeah. Not that Notre Dame's a Big Ten team, and you have Ohio State at home. Yeah. I like Michigan against Iowa at home. I like Michigan against Michigan State at home, and I like them against Ohio State at home. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily love them on the road against any of those teams. Maybe yeah. even Michigan State, even though Michigan State's maybe not going to be very good, mm-hmm. but it's Michigan State, right? Yeah. So I think they have enough. Um, I, I'm, I've, I've bought into the idea of they may never have a better chance than this because everything we just discussed, we don't know for sure what Ryan Day will be, but mm-hmm. talent suggests unless there's a mass exodus next year, they could be awesome. If, awesome. If, if anything, this is the year to stem the tide because Ryan Day currently is about to take over the nation's number one recruiting class in 2020. Like they're they're inching up on Clemson. Yeah. So if, if anything, like if Michigan can can beat them this year and maybe take some more momentum on the recruiting trail, that would go a long way towards making this more of an even rivalry. Because if, yep. if you let, if Ohio State goes to Ann Arbor this year and wins, oh, man. it's, I mean, the, the implications on the recruiting trail. Good luck. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's it, man. Yeah, like, I don't know what else to tell you. How would you recruit you. against them? You can't already, you currently can't. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. I mean, to a degree, well, you can, but you yeah. can't, you're, you're not getting kids that they want. You're not. What was the guy's name? We talked about him on the podcast uh, during the week that they had all the kids up, right? The officials in June. Yeah. And I, his, God, his name keeps slipping my mind. It Mitchell Melton. Mitchell Melton. Yeah. They had him here in June. Mm-hmm. They thought they were in a really good spot. This is not, and Mitchell Melton is not like a five-star top five, five player. Mm-hmm. He was an underrated three-star uh, three Uche type player. Yeah. Who we both agreed is was really good. Like yeah. I mean, he was undervalued, underrated, and had a, lot, had a really nice offer sheet, and is going to be a good player. Yeah, Michigan was in a really good place for him, really good spot for him. It seemed like, and then suddenly, a week goes by, and Ohio State says, "I want you," and now he's at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Like even even at that level is what I'm saying. Like yeah. even at, even at the guys who it's like, oh, we found a guy here. Right. We did our work. We scouted. 
We did a really good job with that. We found a guy. He can play. He can fit what we want to do. And now they've said, nope, we're taking him uh, because we're Ohio State. And we're copying your defense, by the way. We're just going to clone your defense. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're just rebuilding what they believe. I mean, they're, they're going to have a Viper. They're going to have a new Che. They're cloning their defense. I mean, that, I mean, I don't know for anybody else out there who isn't clear on that. They're just copying it. Yeah. So if that doesn't infuriate people, I mean, I don't know what else will. I, I think mean, they call it the bullet. The bullet. Yeah. The term, the I'm bullet. surprised they don't call it like snake or something like that, <laughs> or a different kind of snake, you know. But whatever. I mean, they're literally copying it, and they're taking kids now that you were you were going to get to play these unique roles, and they're taking them too. Yeah. So like that's my point where it's like. You gotta beat them, man. Like everybody yeah. knows, that we're not breaking any news here no, by saying yeah. this. But this like, is the year. You, you have gotta to, do you it, have to and win. I think they have a chance to do it. Um, I think they have a group of players here that uh, I think they have good players. I don't think that. You know, obviously, they lost some talent. They lost Devin Bush. Can't replace Devin Bush. He was mm-hmm. awesome. Chase, Chase yeah. uh, Gary, Deron Higgins, and on, on and on it goes. But there's a lot of guys here too that can play. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting, but it's also, to me, it's like, it's a little mysterious, but it's also really not. Yeah. I think if they do what they're supposed to do, I think that they're going to win the league. I, I really do. I think if they play to their capability every week, they'll win the league. Period. I think there's, they're old enough to avoid stupid stuff. I, I mean, I think they'll be tough to beat. I think they'll be tough to play against if they do their job and they, and the offense does what it's supposed to do, then I think they win the league. But there are points to be made. In the opposite direction, and I understand those. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so that's where I kind of land on it. But no one else. There's no one else. Nebraska. You buying any of the Nebraska? You like Nebraska? I mean, the Big Ten West. Is, the Big Ten West is really just so. Yeah, I I, re- I really want to like I, Nebraska. So I like Iowa a lot. I do too. But but Nebraska is like the sexy thing, and I really want to like them because I think their offense is pretty awesome, and yeah. I think Martinez is really good. Yeah. But I think their defense could be an abomination. Yeah. I have nothing to suggest no. to me. We watched yeah. them here last year, and Martinez was was hurt, right? Yeah. So their offense wasn't. Their defense was a joke. Michigan ran through them like as Nick Saban would hit, would say, you know, crap through a tin horn. I mean, it was like yeah. children playing against uh, what Michigan had up front. And Michigan wasn't even the best offense in the league, right? So that's my question on that. Iowa Iowa has, on the other hand, an elite level. Ish defense. I think they have a lot of, a lot of they, talent. Yeah, yeah, and they have enough coming back on offense yeah. where it's like you can. When they play them. Iowa ball, they're like they, yeah, they're like a good Michigan State exactly, team. Exactly. I yeah, feel like they're yeah. like if Michigan State had more stability at quarterback and a and a better offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line is nasty. Yeah, they have, they that's have, what Iowa. They is. have they have Tristan yeah. Wirfs and Alaric Jackson, and right. those are probably they have an awesome. Those are probably the two best tackles in the Big Ten. So. That, there you go. Yeah, so I look at Iowa kind of like kind of in that way, and I wouldn't want to play them on the road this year. No, um, that's that's a death trap. And I wouldn't want to play Nebraska on the road either, and I no. believe Ohio State has to do that yeah. uh, this year. I'm not. I don't they, think I'm. I think they got Nebraska at home last year, so I think you're right because they played. Uh, yeah, they played them last year, and I think Nebraska scored some points on them. It was close, and they've got them on the road. Yeah, September yeah. 28th, so pretty early in the season. Yeah, that's a tough um, one. Yeah, second Big Ten game there, so yeah, that's not. Uh, I, I would assume that'll be a huge, huge deal for Scott Frost's program. That'll be one of those circle games yeah. where 
that's the game where like Urban Meyer always found a way to win. Yeah. Okay. Like how many times over the years where some budding coach would come through with like a very excited program and they play Ohio State in September well, and they'd have a huge crowd and game day would be there and a whole thing would happen and it'd be twenty to twenty in the third quarter and Ohio State would win by three touchdowns. And it was just like they they'd go to the fourth quarter and they'd be like, Oh yeah, we're Ohio State. You're not. Thanks for playing. See you later. On the, on the, eat on our the reverse dust, side, you know? last year Purdue happened. They did. It's, they did. I don't know. It's like people bring that up a lot. Purdue so it's like, and Iowa happened. Yeah. So part so. part of me is like I think like towards the end of his tenure, it, it wasn't as well oiled a machine as it had been earlier. Like the past couple of years, like Ohio State didn't yeah. quite play to the potential. They didn't play as they weren't as good as they should have been. No, I think it's fair to say that. No, like they um, they got bit. So. Like and, and even they if got you go, bit in the games that we just discussed yeah, earlier that and, they normally yeah, would it, find a way. And out. go back, go back a that couple years. A go bit, back yeah. a couple years. You have a team that's the reigning national champion, and you brought back literally everyone because they weren't eligible to go to the yeah. draft. Like Ezekiel and Joe Bosa, they couldn't leave for the draft yet, so they all came back. And they blew that. And they blew that. And you, yeah. they didn't even win the Big Ten that year. So, yeah. like the, the the last few years of his tenure were marked by some weird games, some weird losses. Yeah. And and now he's gone, and so this is as good of an opportunity to yeah. to maybe. You know, win for once for Michigan. That's kind of where I'm at. I, so, I, and I think <laughs> conversely, it's going to be more difficult for them to stumble over for long term. Like that's a job that a lot of people would would tell you um, that most people could coach them to nine or ten wins every year, just mm-hmm. because of how tough it is in Ohio with recruiting or how good it is rather. But if he lo- conversely, right, if Ryan Day loses the first game to Jim Harbaugh after Meyer owned him, what does that say? What does that say? Might say something. Yeah. It's not irrelevant. Yeah. It's not nothing. They can spin it all they want, but if Ryan Day loses that first game here to Jim Harbaugh, and I mean, it's huge. Yeah, and like it happens with a situation that uh, they lose in a shootout or something. Let's say where Michigan's offense out offenses Ohio State, then whose defense is run by former Michigan coaches. That wouldn't look good. No. So. A lot going on there. That'll be a very interesting week, as it always is, but uh, plenty to talk about. There's other things, of course, uh, that we discussed with Harbaugh football-wise. Um, um, running back uh, is, the, is the one biggest question still on offense. He, he raved again about uh, Zach Charbonnet's fitness yeah. and everything else. Uh, weight room stalker. He kept calling him a stalker, which was awkward, and I was like, he might want to like clarify that. Uh, <laughs> But he kept calling him a stalker, but in the in the sense of like he keeps bothering the weight room coaches to get or the weight staff to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know about him. We're gonna have to see. You know, once once things get going, yeah. uh, Turner is still the one that I keep defaulting toward. That if he can stay healthy, I think he's the guy right now, mm-hmm. and I think that would be a good. I think he'd be. I think he would be good. I I think we've seen a little bit. Um, that I would be willing to squint and say I think I would buy that he could be good. I don't know about Charbonnet yet because we haven't seen anything yet, but there's Even, enough with yeah. Turner to where I, I think he could fit what they're trying to do. Uh, like, I think earlier this spring when all the injuries happened, I was on this, we were talking on this podcast, and I was saying, like, running backs seems like yeah. a big area of concern. A few months later, I it's lessened for me in terms it's of, It's never like, been a big concern I've, for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've sort of come around and, and, and taken a look at some of the names they have there. Like, like... Worst case scenario, you have guys like Van Sumeren and, and Haskins who can play in a pinch. 
Um, talked about Khalil Hudson playing a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I, well, I don't know if, it, if, well, if you get to that point, you're in yeah, a bad, you're in a really yeah. bad spot. But but I don't think they're going to get to that point because no, they, yeah. they have guys that can play in a pinch if they need to. And, I think, and we're and we're yeah. overlooking True Wilson too, who yeah. I think has a skill set that's very suited for this offense. You know, yeah, he can play. Yeah, I mean he's fine. So, he doesn't have to be a twenty carry guy. No, not at all. Yeah, nobody. But does. he can play. Yeah. And so. more most important, I do think their offensive line is going to be good enough to yeah. give yeah. these guys an opportunity to get. You know, they were. One of the best uh, in the country last year, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I've looked it up before. They were one of the best in the country last year at the stuff rate, which meant they were one of the best in the country. Uh, nobody got TFL'd. Mm. People were not getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to years past when we used to watch them just get, you know what I mean? Like, Davion Smith would be, you know, six guys were bouncing off his body before he got to the line of scrimmage, and it was a, it was a problem. Yeah. They were one of the best in the country uh, in stuff rate last year. Which, with a guy like Karan Higdon, is why it worked out so well. Because, you know, if you let him get to two or three yards without getting a full on him, he's going to run through an arm tackle and he's going to get yards. Yeah. I think that they can block a play. They can block an inside zone for three yards. And Christian Turner, I think, can run an inside zone properly, put his foot down, and if he has to run through an arm tackle, he can get you six. Yeah. I don't think he needs to get him. He needs to get you sixty. I think. I think the but, key, the know, point. I think the point we're making here is that they don't have a game breaker like Bar- they don't. like Saquon Barkley, but you don't necessarily need one. No. It would Not be no. nice to have. They have other guys. They, yeah. they have they, Donovan they, Jones. Yeah, so. they have. They, that's that's where their game breaking lives. Yeah, uh, receiver. Yeah. And you you use that and you throw to run. I think that mm-hmm. I think that there, there should, in theory, be more room to run this year because people are going to spend more time worried about your. Worrying about your throw game, but mm-hmm. um, and the other part of that uh, notable anyway, I want to touch on was uh, injuries. I suppose he did say he's hopeful that all the receivers will be good to go when camp starts. I know Josh Gaddis had said in June um, that Peoples Jones was coming around. Um, we know Nico Collins came back at the end of camp or spring yeah. camp. Yeah, Intrigue Black missed a little bit of spring, but I believe finished fine. Yeah. So he said they all had good summers, hopeful that they're all going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other, only other notable one that he brought up anyway was Ambry Thomas, right. who has a, he, you know, he didn't want to describe what it was, but a health situation more or less where he, uh, he was hopeful, but it didn't sound like hopeful expectant. He was hopeful like maybe we'll get lucky and maybe he's ready to go mm-hmm. at the beginning of camp or maybe in, shortly thereafter yeah. was kind of what he was saying. Yeah, as long as they get him back some point before Notre Dame, like if you can get him a couple weeks before Notre Dame, yeah. I think because when I look at the schedule, I think you're like, awfully thin at corner. That's a tough spot. Yeah, but like I, when when I look at the schedule, like the the biggest game that they would need him back before Ohio State is Notre Dame because Notre Dame against Army because Notre Dame's passing offense yeah, is, right. is the most explosive outside of Ohio State. Yeah. Notre Dame has Ian Book, who's a different type of quarterback than yeah. Wimbush was, and he was a, yeah, a very good year. That's so. a good point because you're gonna be playing Middle Tennessee. Army. You can get you can get by without him. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. New quarterback. Uh, Penn State. New yeah. quarterback. Um, yeah. Who is Penn State's quarterback? Clifford. Okay. He's like the only scholarship. Guy. Uh, the only yeah. experienced scholarship. So guy. and that maybe would give you time to develop if Vincent Gray or somebody really takes hold of it. Yeah. Um, but like, he said he wants to play Daxon Hill at safety. Yeah. That's what he wants him to learn. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long that'll last or if he'll move to nickel or, or what. Um, but that was the only other notable injury situation. That uh, arose uh, during media days. Of course, they have two weeks. They start camp August second. Uh, we probably won't talk to them until somewhere after that. I would assume, or maybe that next week. I don't know. We'll see how the wind is blowing at yeah. that point. But uh, so 
so yeah, that's uh, more or less uh, what we had on football uh, this week. There's other stuff, of course. We'll be have we'll have more this week uh, on Freak.com as we go. Um, still plenty to get through on all that. Uh, we also today on Monday spoke with uh, Juwan Howard in Ann Arbor for the first time since uh, his press conference, his intro, uh, his hiring rather. Yeah. Uh, in May, um, all the local folks had a meet and greet type situation with him and his staff, and uh, that's all complete now. And mm-hmm. um, sports staff is filled out too. Yep, and uh, they'll be back out recruiting this week. But uh, I don't know, do you have any impressions on our uh, conversation with Mr. Howard today? No, just getting to know him really. Yeah. I mean, he uh, and he's, he's still getting, he's still very much getting to know this yeah, job. Yeah, he's still adjusting. He's still, in the, he's still in the period of adjustment and transitioning. Yeah, and he, he admits it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's open about it. Um, I don't know. He seems like a humble guy, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he's. I don't know how to describe it because, like, I think players are going to like playing for John Howard. I don't yeah. know if that's going to mean wins and what's that what what that means wins right, and loss wise. Right. But I think players are going to like him yeah, a lot. Yeah, um, I get that sense. So, so like, we're based on meeting with him and, and just starting to get to know him, it, it seems to me like he's a relationships type of guy. Sure. Like he's yeah. he's good at building those. Um, Phil Martelli was talking about how, like, the first sentence out of Juwan's mouth, Phil Martelli was like, all right, this, I can trust I can, this guy. Like, yeah, I, I like this guy. Like, I can right. I can work with him. I can work for him. So, I mean, that's big because college yeah. basketball is really the biggest thing is establishing relationships because that's yeah. what recruiting is about. It's, it's like, all recruiting. Can yeah. you get this kid to trust you? Can you right. get him to come play for you? So, family. Yeah. You know. So, um, Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to see after not – Spending too much time in a room with him in that kind of setting. Obviously, he's not super comfortable. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty private guy, but it's pretty easy to see why people um, like him. I mean, I don't know. We, we, I've never, I still haven't heard anybody that's told me they don't like Jawan Howard. <laughs> that, know, yeah. that knows him, you know. You don't really hear that much. You hear that he's a super nice guy, uh, very genuine. Comes off that way. It's yeah. hard to find people who say anything bad about him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find people that say that he has anything that's less than well intended and it's pretty easy to see that i mean it's yeah. i don't know what that means in terms of wins and losses and that's kind of important too and we don't know how any of this is going to work out and i don't know that he does right now yeah. either uh as we sit here in july because they haven't practiced yet yeah i think the thing to note right now is that there's just a really big air of mystery surrounding the program and rightfully so because on a recruiting trail you're looking at kids who a lot of them want to visit in the fall, yeah. and, a lot of, and a, a decent amount want to decide in November for the early signing period. And you're talking about how the season doesn't start until around then, November, mm-hmm. and and you, conference season doesn't even start until later. Yeah. So so 2020 recruits, and we've talked about this before, they won't really get a chance to see what Michigan's play style is like, their style of play, scheme, offense, defense, yeah. how Juwan is like as a coach, his temperament on the sideline, yeah. all that stuff that as a recruit, theoretically, you would want to know before right. committing to play for a you coach. You think so, yeah. Right. So that's that's and and he said today like the, the twenty twenty recruiting class is big. I mean, he's right. It's, it's it's big for him. Yeah. He knows that. So my biggest question is like, what? How how is he going to be able to maybe alleviate concerns that recruits have? Because he also got at the point today is like other coaches are already out there negatively yeah. recruiting Michigan. They're saying right. like, oh like like this is how Michigan's to play. This is what they're going to look like. You yeah. want to go there? You really want to go there? Yeah. Like so they're already hearing the negative pitch on the recruiting trail from other schools. Yeah. So how is he going to combat that without them being able to see him actually play? That's the biggest question. He it's uh, his his answer was the best uh, the best answer he could get anyway was that you hope to get him on campus. Yeah. 
you hope to get him to a practice, mm-hmm. you hope to get him around the program, yeah. you hope to get him around the coaches. Players, and you, and yeah. you basically, like any first-year coach, you mm-hmm. hope to just get him to buy on hope. Yeah. I mean, that's what you sell. You have to, yeah. you have to sell hope, um, and you can't sell results because you don't have them. Yeah. And the only thing you can sell is um, this program, there's an established piece here that obviously a giant part of it is gone, but I mean, they have had winning success here. They have some coaches around here that have been around successful situations before. Um, the facilities, they, all, the, all the things about Michigan that makes Michigan Michigan, but also it's going to come down to whether or not that kid wants to be coached and around Jawan Howard yeah. for however long he's in college. And that's usually what it always is anyway, um, you know, with the big fish. Yeah. Because they can do anything anywhere. I mean, and, that, that gets yeah. overblown. Yeah. Uh, the best players in in America, the 15, 20 best players in America can play anywhere they want. Yeah. It doesn't play style of play means nothing. Yeah. It's not a thing. They're going to be awesome. Yeah, and it's such garbage when you hear the other the op- Well, they want to come here because of the system, and it's like no, they no one's going to do because they want to like play in whatever system they're claiming they're running. Maybe there are other reasons they're going to do, but they want to go there because it's Duke and or the same thing with Kentucky. Yeah, it's Cal. You know, if if the system was a, a primary, well, if the system was a huge factor, then John Billing would have landed a lot more. Everybody, he would have gotten anybody things, he yeah. wanted whenever he wanted to yeah. go. So this is a relationship game. Yeah, uh, trust. I don't know this at all. I'm just this is me spitballing. Yeah. Uh, but the, the more I look at it, the more I wonder if he's going to try to run things um, stylistically like what Cal Perry does. Um, where they're really good defensively, mm-hmm. and y- they hope they get really good athletes that can get to the room. Yeah, drivers, one shooter maybe, maybe two, and then guys at the backboard. And um, those guys ain't going to Kentucky because of the dribble drive offense or the Cole the Wildcat Cole Lounge. They're going there because Cal. Yeah. Because they think he's cool. They think he's awesome. They think he's a good dude. They love him. And wh- whether or not anybody else agrees with them, that's what they think, and that's why they go there. All of them. That's why every, you talk, we used to talk to Charles Matthews about it. Why'd you go to Kentucky? Because of Cal. Like, 100%. That's why they go there. And so if you're drawing Howard, that's your best way of doing it, is you just got to sell yourself. Yep. The parents, to the kids, to everybody else, and hope it works. I mean, and we've talked about this before. It doesn't have to work five times. It just no. has to work, like, twice. And then yeah. you can fill the class in. Yeah. You know? Just, you, you, don't need, you don't need five blue chip kids. You, no. just, you just need... You need a couple, though. Yeah, one, one or two in 2020 <laughs> yeah. is, is ideal yeah. for Michigan. They, yeah. they definitely need one or two, so we'll see. They're working their way down the board. Um, yeah. I don't think we got to this, but they, they offered a couple more guys after Peace Jam. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Williams was the first. They offered him on Sunday. That was during the live period still. And then they offered Henry Coleman and Lance right. Ware. All three guys look like potential fours to me. Mm-hmm. Terrence Williams maybe could play the three, but the other two look like fours. Lance Ware... Yeah. My eye looks like a five. Michigan staff wants us a four. Um I mean that to me is a sign that they're they're you know, they're widening yeah. their the board there, they're working their way down. Because you can't just you can't go into this summer and the rest of the in the fall with only your your plan A. So you yeah. have to have like plan B, plan C. Oh, sure. Yeah. You have to have backup options, guys that you want to get up to campus to visit. Yeah. Um so yeah. I mean And in terms of this team this year, how that goes, we we didn't learn no. Much. Um, I did find it interesting. You know, I talked a little bit to Howard Isley today, or I was around when he was chatting. Um, and they, and we got into a, a little bit about Xavier Simpson, uh, what he means to this place, and Juwan Howard mentioned him as well. And my impression is, is that these guys all find that, the new coaches anyway, that 
being able to come here with a leader, with a guy who's established as the kind of the heartbeat of the team, um, mm-hmm. has helped them tremendously. I think that's that probably can't be understated. That um, and I think I even asked Isaiah Livers this when I saw him at Moneyball there last month or earlier this month. Um, that if the new coaches come in and win over Xavier, you know what I mean? Then right. they win over the team. Yeah. Because they do what Xavier says. I mean, that's just how this it's, works, it's right? True, so yeah. if the new coaches come in and Xavier says that these guys are okay, like, I, I like these guys, I think I think that, you know, they're going to be fine, then I think that it's going to be in very short order. I don't think they're going to have any trouble at all yeah. with buy-in or guys not giving everything they got to what, what's happening here. I don't get that sense at all. I think that it's going to be – that might be the easiest part of yeah. his job. Well, I think, I think it's also – just based on the situation, like a lot of guys on Michigan's roster can't afford to not 100% buy in. Yeah, because because like if 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 there is any any player, but you say that. Well, and... okay, I say that, but but here's my rationale: is, is that you're looking at guys like Brandon Johns, yeah. so David Julius, Eli Brooks, Talon Castleton. They didn't play that much last year, yeah, and, and this can be huge for them. They could they could yeah. make a living based on yeah. what they do with John Howard. Like right. like a guy like Brandon Johns, if he shows out this year. I mean, oh, yeah, you're, ta- you're talking about you're talking his life could change. Yeah. So there, there's no reason for anyone not to afford like giving in 100. percent know? And the alternative would be they would have left. They would have left already. The alternative yeah. is it doesn't work out. You don't buy in. Then you leave. And now you're two years into college. You haven't done anything. Yeah. And you're leaving. And your destination is not going to be this. No, it's going to be much worse. It's going to be a mid-major yeah. level place that suddenly you're not. You know. You're riding a dumpier bus and you're dressing in a worse locker room. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> fair enough. That's usually the point, but it's also, you know, it can go the other way. It, you know, it can. pretty quickly. It can. Um, yeah. You can get pushback and blowback mm-hmm. pretty easily depending on the situation you walk into. But it just it does seem like Simpson's presence uh, as a. I mean, he's just a not not a nonsense. I mean, he, if if he thinks somebody's, you know, not worth the paper their names on, then he's going to let them know. And it doesn't seem like that's the case. We haven't talked to Xavier really uh, since it started, but it seems like all indications are that uh, they ha- <laughs> they have him on their side and that, that that's a good thing for the rest of the team. What that all means, again, you know, yeah. we'll see. But I have a hard time seeing this team not playing hard, right? <laughs> he, he told a funny story he today. Did, yeah. I, I asked him on Xavier and his first impression, and he was saying how he met with Xavier in his office and – Xavier had been conducting three a days, which is right, yeah. not really something you see in basketball, I don't think. Or in anything. Or in anything. Ridiculous. Three a days. Unless you're training for an MMA fight or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, so three a days. And this is completely like voluntary on the player's part, mm-hmm. right? Because the coaches can't get anything like this. Yeah, right. And John sits him down and he's like, Listen, like I like your work ethic, but you have to work smart. You, yeah, can't, you can't do can't three days. Yeah. And and Jawan, the way he said, it, he said Xavier looked like he wanted to yeah, shoot his head off. Like, yeah. He gave him the Xavier Simpson look that, yeah. that you and I have yeah. gotten before. That he everyone, wants to fight you. Yeah, and everyone like, has gotten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's also for Xavier. That's a, sometimes a oh, yeah, sign of yeah. uh, endearment, even. Yeah, oh, no, he yeah. feels comfortable yeah. around you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that story wasn't illustrate yeah. that they have a bad relationship. Yeah, it's just like like they're learning. They're learning yeah. about each other, and they're getting to know each other. That's what he did to Beeline all the yeah. time. It was yeah. the same. Beeline used to say the same thing, right? Yeah. He puts, he would put the catapult thing on Xavier's jersey and <laughs> say, like, "Why is Xavier running around more than seven <laughs> times more than everyone else in the building?" <laughs> and everyone else is running around to like the max cap- capacity of their body, and he's doing all this unnecessary, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's just it. It's been interesting. Um, mm-hmm. it, it seems like I, I don't. Again, I don't know how this is all going to fit. Obviously, Franz Wagner helps. Uh, notable that Juwan Howard's going to go watch him play 
-hmm. in the uh, German, uh, what is it, what is it, is it Euro Cup or what? Yeah, he's going to be in Germany the 27th, 28th, and 29th. So is that the end of this week? Yeah, this week. This weekend, weekend, yeah. Yeah, the U18 thing, yeah. First time they've ever met, actually, in person. Yep, they have not met in person, so this is... This is a we'll probably go see the whole family. I imagine yeah, there too. It's a good trip for Kinda going. Cool. I mean, he he was able to to win this recruitment without ever meeting in person. So yeah, that was actually a kind of a little moment there that he had today, where he said so many people had asked him about recruiting. Yeah, like what? How is this going to work? How are you going to be able to do that? How's that going to work? Yeah. How's this going to work? How's that going to work? And he said, well, you know, not a lot of people have a lot of patience. Uh, I have patience. And he said, I was patient with Franz yeah. and looked how that turned out, basically. Yeah. And he gave a little, like, you know, like, I, not a, you know, a little, yeah. the little way, head bow there. Yeah. A little, like, yeah. <laughs> the, the way I would describe it is, like, he was, he we got was, him. He was saying, like, hey, look at, look at this. Like, this yeah. is notable. It's not like, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's certainly not. Yeah. I mean, that's, so. we've talked about that. That's as impressive a get as you'll see. No. Yeah. I mean, at this stage. Obviously, they had a pre- predetermined relationship in his unique situation, but, but my God, he's never met him. Yeah. And also, that relationship kind of went out the window when yeah. John Beals left. Franz Wagner has never met this guy in yeah, person. Yeah, and he committed yeah. to play here. Yeah, like over money in Germany. Yeah, the way the way Juan described it was was Franz had Franz had a bigger smile on his face than Juan did when he yeah. picked up the, the so face. It, it may be, it may, so. be a, may have been a slam dunk. Other, but well, it's yeah. still not nothing, man. It's I mean, still, yeah. to his point, it was a it was a notable get. It was a notable situation. And it was what it was. So, uh, anything else uh, hoops wise? I know they go back out. <coughs> excuse me, they go back out. Uh, this week, I guess, right? To recruit. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's, yeah, going. there's like one of those eval periods at the end of this week, but it's not a grassroots run. It's not. It's not an AA period. So oh, is this the NBA? Yeah, it's, camp like, it's one of the new rule things. Yeah. Um, and then in August is when they can start hosting guys for visits. Yeah. So I, I assume. I, so I won't be here for the yeah. camp, but August third they're having their elite camp. Yeah. And I would assume they're gonna get at least one or two guys there that are notable, like t- to visit. Yeah. 2021 maybe because that because usually be usually 2020 kids aren't going to participate in the camp yep. it's usually the, the class after right so it'd be like 2021 yeah that's my guess so we'll see um, yeah that's when you can start bringing guys in yeah and i uh, month of august will be interesting with their visits yeah, yeah because the, i think the preference is like to get kids on campus for football saturdays so they, you get the first football game at night and everything yeah because you can sh- that's like you can show them the like what that could be like. your that could be your money weekend yeah that could that, august that 31st right that could yeah. be the one where right you say, okay, let's load it up, and you know, let's let's say you try to get all of them, or as many of them as possible, to come mm-hmm. for that one. Yeah. Not one by himself, yeah. but like four. Yeah. And if you can get two, one that really loves it to recruit another one, to recruit another one, maybe you yeah. have some momentum like football. Yeah, you get them to know each other. Yeah. And Michigan's playing at night that day or whatever. Yeah. It's a whole. And all the students are back. Everyone in knows town. what the atmosphere looks like here. Yeah. You know, obviously and, for August football games or yeah. September games. So. And, and it's just different because like that's that's welcome week. That's the week that everyone gets back to school. Like there's just yeah, there like, is no better resource for recruiting for the basketball coach than the first home football game. Right. Because every student is just yeah. excited. They're out and about, and yeah, they don't have to be out there for the whole game. Yeah. But I mean, like for kickoff, for right. the beginning, for the first quarter, for the yeah. tailgate, for everything else, mm-hmm. to see all of it. There's not a better recruiting tool. And historically, if John Beeline had a top heavy hitting guy they wanted, they brought him here for the first football game, the first home game. Yep. You know, so I would assume that'll be uh, on the calendar as a big deal. But uh, until then, uh, we got anything else this week? I didn't do questions, but we, we can get back to that next week. Um, just wanted to recap the football and the basketball because we have stuff to write. So uh, we good? Not as, nothing else? Yeah, no. A few more days of summer left here? No, no Q&A thing. <laughs>
No, we'll get back to that. Yeah. I just didn't have time today. It'll, so. it'll be a couple weeks before the next one because I'm, I'm. Oh, you're off. I'm off for a bit. Okay. Yeah, before start of football season. So. so. All right. Any event, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks again for everybody listening and. Uh, didn't get a chance to participate this week, but next week we'll do it again or in two weeks or whatever. So, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, take care of each other. And for Ryan, I'm Nick. We'll talk to you later.